Yes, team, how is it going? The burgers have just been put in the oven and I've got 30 minutes to record a podcast. So uh, at the end of this podcast, I'm going to be having some nice, juicy M&S burgers with a bit of melted cheese and chips on the side. But anyway, I can't believe we are in December. Like, it's crazy. Like, it's about four weeks until Christmas. Get in. I, honestly, I love Christmas so much. And uh, I think the older I get, the more I love it. And obviously now having two kids, seeing the joy and excitement in their eyes, it's, it's absolutely magical looking at Christmas through the eyes of a kid. But as an adult, uh, I absolutely love it. And uh, yeah, it's probably my favourite time of the year, to be honest with you. And uh, just before we go into today's, today's podcast, I thought I'd share a funny story with you. So about five years ago, uh, me and my uncle were together. My uncle's based in Worthing down south, big West Ham supporter. And he's a bit of a character, put it that way. And uh, whilst our Christmas dinner was cooking, we just looked at each other and uh, we were a bit bored. We had a, a, a little bit of whiskey and uh, I just said to Sean, I said, who do you think could eat the most mince pies out of me and you? And he said, mate, there's no doubt about it. I'll smash you out the park. So long story short, we had a mince pie eating competition where he would eat a mince pie, I would eat a mince pie, and we take it in turns. And guess who won? I won. And guess how many mince pies I ate? I ate 15 mince pies. I am not joking. 15 full mince pies. And the joke is that because obviously I had 15 mince pies, I couldn't eat my Christmas dinner. I literally had nothing left in the tank. All my family were like absolutely disgusted at this behaviour that had gone on between me and my uncle. And I literally, whilst the family were eating the dinner, I tried to like eat a little bit of the turkey. And I just said to my auntie Selena, I just said, I'm going to have to go and sit down. Uh, I feel a bit sick. And I just passed out on the sofa and it completely ruined Christmas for me. And I don't think my family was too happy. So uh, I've gone off on a bit of a, t- started with a bit of a tangent, but I just thought it was quite a funny Christmas story. But coming to today's episode, what I thought I'd do is share the story. Like if I could go back 15 years when I kind of started my fitness journey, what things would I do differently? And I thought this could be a really good idea because I've obviously been in the fitness industry for, well, actually the best part of 20 years, but I'd probably say I properly started my fitness journey about 15 years ago or so. Um, you know, that's when I properly considered myself taking this seriously, like getting into my bodybuilding and stuff like that. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I could go back Knowing what I know now, what would I have done differently? And there are eight things in hindsight that I would do differently. And again, before I share these eight things, I just want to be completely open and honest. I have made so many mistakes over the last 15 years. Seriously, I've done all sorts from not eating carbs past six o'clock because I used to believe that if you had carbs after six o'clock, your body would store them as body fat. I know this sounds absolutely hilarious. But that was a belief that I had for about five years. I've also done things like trying to do a thousand sit-ups every single day in the hope of me getting six packs. I've tried every single kind of magical supplement on the market. Um, And yeah, the only thing I'm glad that I've never done is one of those like ab vibrating belts that you put on. One thing I'm, to be honest, if I did that, I don't think I'm going to ever look at myself in the mirror ever again. Um, But anyway, on a serious note, here are the eight things that I would have done differently if it was possible for me to kind of go back and start my journey from the beginning. So the first thing that I would have done is I would have hired a coach. Absolutely no doubt about it whatsoever. Because when I was starting out, I was just relying on stuff like men's health, fitness magazines. This was before the days of like Facebook and all the social media influencers, which I actually think is making the situation far worse now because there's far more people shouting different things. And it's very, very difficult to know who to trust. And if I go back, And if I would have hired a coach, it would have saved me years and years and years. 
I didn't really hire my first coach until about probably about seven or eight years into my journey. And it was a guy called Mark Coles, who's huge in the fitness industry. He's now like a business mentor. But as soon as I started working with Mark, my fitness and my physique and how it looked just went through the roof. And again, this is one thing that you just can't get online nowadays. Yes, you've got access to YouTube and Instagram and all this great stuff. But there's just so much information that's very, very difficult to know who to trust and how to apply it to your own life. And there are so many different things to consider. For some reason, when it comes to fitness, people think it's pretty simple. It's simple if you know what you're doing. It's a bit like if you're a doctor, well, a doctor has a lot of knowledge and it's simple for a doctor because they've done 15 to 20 years studying. But going on Google and trying to understand what your symptoms are and try and fix yourself, it's just overwhelming. It's the same when it comes to your fitness. So by hiring a coach, like my progress would have, I could have had like probably a world, like I don't get me wrong, I'm really happy with my physique, but I could have, I believe, like achieved so much more than what I did had I had a coach in my corner. And I think a couple of things to consider when it comes to picking a coach, because there's so many coaches out there, like every single Tom, Dick and Harry at the minute is setting up as an online coach. And for me, what I believe makes a coach a good coach is somebody that has one-to-one coaching experience I you know before I became an online coach I was doing one-to-one coaching for about 12 years I did over 15,000 coaching sessions and that's how I've learned all my experience and now I've applied that and translated it to being online but there's so many coaches that do like a 12-week course and then announce themselves as an online coach and for me would you trust a doctor that's only been on a course for 12 weeks for me personally I wouldn't so I think one is you've got to look at experience Two is you've got to look at like social proof, like does the coach get results and do they get the results that you're looking for? What about testimonials? What are the clients saying about them? What's the feedback? Social proof is key. Whenever I'm hiring a coach, I always look at like what are the clients saying about this coach? And I think also what's really important is like, do you know them? Do you like them? Do you trust them? Like it takes time to build up trust. All the coaches that I've hired over the years, it can sometimes take me three to six months or maybe even three to 12 months for me to like really understand what they're about and understand the message. So making sure that you know, like and trust them. And like I said, making sure that they have achieved what you want to achieve and they have also got social proof that they can help people get the results that they're um, basically preaching. So the first thing I would have done is hire a coach because that would have taken on my progress to a whole new level. And I've learned my lesson, you know, now, when I want to learn something, I just hire a coach immediately. I've, I've talked about this on previous podcasts. I've got a business coach, mindset coach, and fitness coach because I know that I'm so much better with a coach and I see it as like an honor that I invest my money into coaching because for me, it's it's not an investment into the coach. It's an investment into myself. The second thing is hanging around with like-minded people. Again, I've spoken about this in the past. Most of the guys that I was kind of hanging around with in my like late teens and early 20s were proper lads, lads, you know, lads that like to go out on the piss, chat women, that kind of like typical like football lads banter. And don't get me wrong, like I am a bit of a lads, lad. like I like some of those things. I like to have a good time and, and I love my football and stuff like that. But doing it all the time and basing my whole life on like how many pints you could drink and, and, and all this kind of like lad stuff. It, it gets to a point where it's kind of like fun. But for me, I was always like changing myself to try and fit in with the lads around me. And that had a, a downside because it was actually slowing down my progress in the gym. I was doing things that I didn't want to do. I'd go out on a Friday and Saturday and get hammered and then it would write me off until like Tuesday the next week. So that was slowing me down. And again, looking back in hindsight, it's probably just because I was hanging around with not bad people, but just people that, 
you know, I didn't really know who else to hang around with. And now, you know, since kind of like moving out of that culture, a lot of my people that I kind of hang around with now are into the same things as me. So they're into fitness, they're into business, they're into like family and personal development. And just being around people who are like-minded on the same mission as me helps me so much. And it also makes me feel like a part of something that not not alone, because I think sometimes like, when you're the type of person that I am, which is like highly driven, high performing, and you look at other people, it's hard. I find it hard sometimes to connect to, to other people um, because I'm just like so obsessed with getting better. And sometimes you have conversations with people and they're not bothered about that or they're, they're complaining. And I find it sometimes hard to engage in, in people that aren't on the same kind of wavelength. So being around the, the same people, like if you want to be in shape, one of the best things you can do is start hanging around with people who are in shape or who are at least on a mission to get in shape. So that for me, I would have done that very, very differently. I would have started joining different gyms, started joining different groups, just hanging around with people that, you know, wanted to do the stuff or had already achieved the stuff that I was looking to do. The third thing is like being more patient. We all want fast results, right? We all want the fastest return on our investment. But from my experience, like people massively overestimate what can be achieved in a week or a month, but they underestimate what can be achieved in a year. And I see so many guys like putting themselves under pressure to get great results and they just, their expectations of what they can achieve over a short period of time are just a little bit out of balance. Now don't get it wrong, like over an eight to 12 week period, you've seen the transformations that I share on Instagram, you can get absolutely incredible results. But you've also got to be mindful that for a lot of people, it's going to take probably six to 12 months, in some cases, maybe one to two years, depending on how far you want to go. And full transparency, most of the, the guys that I coach, I coach for at least six to 12 months. And we go through different phases, typically the first phase. Um, for most guys, not all guys, but for most guys, it's like a fat loss phase. It's building habits. It's laying foundations. It's getting somebody really set up to build the mansion. It's a bit like knocking down a house getting the foundations right, dropping some body fat, getting somebody's health in a good place, getting somebody aligned and getting their vision like really, really crystal clear. And then after that, we start to like layer foundations and we go through different phases. So we go through like a fat loss phase, go through like muscle building phases, strength phases, performance phases. Um, we go through phases where we lower calories, but then we increase calories so that you've got more energy. So I'm not going to kind of go down the exact strategy I use because it's very specific with each person that I use, but we've got to be patient. We've got to look at this journey in, in short sprints, like eight to 12 week sprints is great. But for most guys, it's going to take six to 12 months, in some cases, one to two years to get the physique that you want. And even once you get that kind of physique, you're likely going to want to get to the next level. You know, I've got guys that have been coaching now for like nearly three, three years, uh, online clients, this is. Um, and even when I was doing the one-to-one -one coaching, you know, I had, I had 12 clients that were with me for like seven years, just because they didn't necessarily need me, but they just wanted me to keep getting into that next level. So it becomes quite addictive. So one thing I would have done in hindsight is just be more patient. I literally was under the impression that if I, in 12 weeks, I could get bigger, I could get leaner, I could get stronger, I could build my chest, I could build bigger legs. And I tried to achieve too much in a short space of time and ended up becoming a bit of the jack of all trades, master of none. So just being patient and having somebody to guide you through that. Because again, if you're trying to do this by yourself, a lot of guys, it's a bit like they try and climb out Everest in a day as opposed to breaking up the journey. And it's very difficult to know how to phase the journey. I think it's one thing that's just not talked about a lot on social media is how to actually phase your journey and to break it down into bite-sized chunks. Uh, most guys try and do too much and expect too much in a short period of time. 
The fourth thing is actually training less. You know, more isn't always better. Getting the right dose is absolutely key. And I think when I started out 15 years ago, I thought, right, if I train every single day, surely the more I train, the better I'm going to get. But there's a limit to how much progress you can make. It's a bit like, say you wanted to learn Spanish today, right? And you spend 10 hours learning Spanish. How much do you think you're actually going to take in? Not very much. You're probably only be able to cope with maybe like a 30 to 45 minute session and then over time you can start to potentially build up but when I look back you know I was doing far too much I was literally training I was thinking I was Rocky Balboa in my dad's gym and I'd be doing hundreds of curls sit-ups push-ups thinking that the more I did the stronger I'd get but in actual fact it just kind of didn't really lead to that much progress so again one thing that I see with a lot of guys is they get this motivation to train they want to get in great shape they've got like a Christmas party coming up or they've got a summer holiday coming up and think right we're gonna go all in which is great but you don't necessarily need to train seven times a week and in hindsight I think four sessions a week is perfect four to five sessions a week maximum for most guys is absolutely perfect so I would have actually trained less than what I did and by training less the quality of the sessions would have been higher therefore my results would have been a lot better as well the fifth thing is working on my mindset sooner I started this journey, and I've mentioned this on my podcast where I shared my story, my 35-year story. I started this journey feeling insecure. The reason why I started getting into weights was because I was a very, very skinny guy. And I thought that by changing the outside, it changed the inner confidence, and it did work to a certain degree. But I also, in hindsight, wished I would have got into personal development a little bit sooner. Personal development is something that I'm absolutely obsessed with now. Um, I've read you know, hundreds and hundreds of books on sports psychology, mindset, performance. And for me, that was the key part of the puzzle. When I started working on building my mindset, which was about probably about five years into my journey, I started reading books. It helped me enormously because the mind and body go hand in hand. If all you're doing is working on your body, that's not going to necessarily make you happy. And also what you'll find is a lot of the stuff that gets you the results with the body is actually a mindset issue. So that could be your relationship with food. That could be the belief about what you're capable of achieving. Like when I started out, like if you'd have told me I would have gotten to this point in my career or with my physique 15 years ago, I'd have laughed. I didn't think it was possible. I was a skinny kid and I had this belief that I was just naturally a skinny kid who was never going to have a great physique because the genetics that I had were poor. But then slowly over time, as I started to get bigger, as I started to get stronger, as I started to realize that if I copied people that were better than me, then I could be like them. All of a sudden, that developed my inner confidence. And I honestly believe that a lot of my success in business, a lot of my success with my physique, and the, the stuff that's important to me, like success is different for every single person. But I become successful at the things that I put my mind to. And you will become successful at the things that you put your mind to. But you've got to make sure that your mind is in the right place. And for me, you know, reading books, having mentors over the years. I'm going to probably do a podcast episode on some of my mentors and what I've learned from each person. Because I think probably just roughly speaking, I've probably had about seven or eight different coaches at different stages of my career that have had a profound impact. So I think that would make a really good episode. But Mentors, having a mentor is great. Reading books is great. I'd recommend, if you've not listened to it already, episode six of the Modern Day Leader podcast, which is where I recommend 10 books that have changed my life. And I share some of the key lessons from each. So just getting into the habit of reading. Imagine just reading like one book a month. That's 12 books a year. You did that for 10 years. That's 120 books. Like, are you telling me you're not going to 
be so much wiser, smarter, sharper? Are you then telling me that that's not going to positively rub off on your physique, on your career, on your finances, on your relationships? It's going to have a massive impact. Um, so reading books, hiring mentors, listen to podcasts. Like we've got so many opportunities to learn. And even if you're not like a big reader, just listen to an audio book, download Audible. Um, you, you'll fly through books. I've got so many guys that I coach that they travel a lot and they, they get through like maybe like one or two books a week because of the amount of traveling that they're doing. Um, and then obviously podcast is a, is, is a great way to, to learn as well. So the sixth thing is also like looking back to realize that setbacks are inevitable. They, they've, I've had so many setbacks over the years. I've been sick. I've been ill. I've been depressed. Um, stuff has happened in my personal life. There's, there's holidays that come up, the social occasions, like it is not a smooth journey. And again, like expecting things to be plain sailing is what leads to most people's kind of downfall because they say, right, I'm going to start this diet, I'm going to start this fitness journey. And then something crops up. Then all of a sudden they, they become this all or nothing person. They're either on it or off it. But we've got to accept that setbacks are inevitable. They've happened to me and every single client that I coach there's not one client that I've coached over the last 15 years or so that hasn't had a setback. Like I said, whether that's sickness, illness, personal circumstances, tragedies, there are so many things that are going to happen on the journey. But again, it's about your resilience. It's about adapting. It's about having the right people in your corner. Um, I remember last year I had a knee injury where I couldn't put pressure on um, my left leg really pretty much for like eight months. It was really, really bad. So I went to get some physio, I, I learned how to rehabilitate my knee, I started strengthening my glutes, my hamstrings, and I turned it into a positive, like I'm really good now at helping people who have got back issues, knee issues, and it was almost like a blessing, it, it made me become a better coach, and it taught me a different way to train. Um, so with every setback, there's a lesson, and we've got to accept that setbacks are inevitable, but there's also lessons, and there's also ways around stuff. You know, I've, if a guy comes to me and they've got an injured shoulder, well, that's cool. You know, usually it's the front part of the shoulder, so we can still train the rear shoulder, the side shoulder. We can still build up the legs. And honestly, like 99 times out of 100, there's always a different approach that you can take. Sometimes you have to pull back your training instead of doing five sessions a week. You do three sessions a week because you've got a lot on with work. Sometimes, you know, you, you run down and poorly. So therefore, we just got to take a week off or do what's called a deload week where we start to just reduce your intensity, but we still keep the habits in place. So again, I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole of strategies because that's what I cover with my clients that I coach. But accepting setbacks are inevitable is, is going to mean that you're going to be more likely to go in with an open mind rather than thinking, I'm just going to smash this for the rest of my life, which most of us know is not going to happen. The seventh thing, again, looking back over the last 15 years, is understanding the importance of recovery. I didn't really understand recovery up until probably about six or seven years ago. I would just literally think, right, the harder I train, the better results I get. The, the more restrictive I am with the diet, the better results I'm going to get. But actually understanding that we've got so much in our lives, right? Training and food is actually a very small part. For most of us, we can do our nutrition and our training about three to four hours a week. That's a, probably about like one to 2% of our total time out of 168 hours of the week. So it's very, very small. What we're doing outside of that, we, we're usually working. A lot of the guys that I coach, are, you know, they work a lot. They're very career driven. We've got families. We've got lots of different responsibilities. Now, if you're smashing yourself at work, smashing yourself at the gym and smashing yourself with all sorts of other stuff, caffeine or whatever it is, there's only so much stress that your body can handle. So actually factoring in downtime, 
focusing on good sleep. Again, I've recorded a podcast episode two, which gives you some sleep hacks, so feel free to listen to that. But focus on sleep and just improving your sleep, better quality sleep, managing your stress, like understanding when to kind of like try and switch off and relax and how to cope with situations. Like we know that stress is inevitable. Like every single one of us has stress in our life, but how do we kind of manage it? What coping strategies do we have in place? Do we have positive coping strategies, i.e. we talk through our emotions or we go and blast out a workout? Or do we have something that's maybe a bit more detrimental to our progress, such as, you know, using food to to cover up emotions and feelings, drinking alcohol, getting angry, getting frustrated, taking out on other people. Like it's it's understanding how we operate. And again, this kind of like links to the mindset stuff. And it's something that again, that I cover with the guys that I coach that need it. Um, Also stuff like stretching, mobility, like how we go into a session, how we come out of a session. If you're doing a lot of resistance training, there's a high likelihood you're going to create more stress, more tension. So how do we balance out that? How do we ensure that you recover so that you feel good? Because it's not just about looking good, it's about feeling good. Um, and again, one thing that I see with a lot of guys is that they will push themselves so, so hard that they actually don't feel good. And then because they don't feel good, it leads to tiredness, burnout, fatigue, and this kind of like constant loop of, it's like a vicious circle where they get really down, really in a lot of pain. They're not happy with how they look and how they feel. They then smash the gym, go really aggressive, burn out, and then the cycle repeats itself. So understanding like rest, recovery, and just a bit more kind of like balance, which again is subject to, to each person's um, desires and also their ability to handle stress. You know, again, you, you build up your tolerance to stress. It's like training. When you first start out, 10 kilogram dumbbells on a chest press are probably going to make your pec sore. But after doing that for a couple of months, you're not going to feel anything. But then you go up to 20 kilograms and you start feeling sore. And then over time, you know, you get up to 30, 40 kilogram dumbbells. And and then that just becomes a new norm. So understanding like what somebody's stress load is and what they can handle is another key part of the process. The eighth thing is like, just fuck what other people think. Like your journey is your journey. And I've spoken about this in one of my recent podcasts. It's natural to compare yourself to other people. I honestly don't believe, I don't think I know anybody that doesn't, to some extent, compare themselves to somebody else, whether that's somebody else in the gym, whether that's another dad, whether that's somebody who's in a certain financial position, it's okay to like look at people and think, oh, you know what, I, I wish I was like them, or you know, I wish I was a bit further along than them. That's completely normal, but we've got to spend more time actually focusing on what we actually want. So I'd, I'd encourage you to take this opportunity, whilst listening to this podcast, to think like, what do you actually want? Let's look at it from a health and fitness perspective. If you could, if I had a magic wand and I could wave it and give you the exact results you wanted, how would you look? Would you have a bigger chest? Would you have bigger shoulders, bigger arms? Would you have a flat stomach? Or would you have like a lean stomach, like an athletic stomach with six pack? <coughs> Excuse me. I still got this blooming cold. Honestly, it's been lasting for about six weeks. How would you want to feel as well? Like waking up in the morning, do you want to wake up with like clear mental focus? You know exactly what you're going to do for the day. Um, you're feeling inspired. You've got goals, you've got plans, you've got things to look forward to in the diary that are fun. You're operating your life. You're leading your life as opposed to other people and circumstances leading your life. What we're going to do is create this vision for how you want to look, how you want to feel, and why you want it, how is it actually going to benefit your life? Because the more then that you focus on yourself, the more that you can then say no to things that aren't going to serve you, and the less likely you are to get distracted with other people. Because 
I notice that when I compare myself to other people, it's because I'm kind of like losing sight of my own goals and I'm focusing on what other people are doing. And therefore, I'm almost playing their game as opposed to playing my game. So reminding yourself that it's okay to compare, but then flipping it back, looking at yourself in the mirror. What is it that you want at this moment in time? How do you want to look and how do you want to feel? Because again, when I look back, when I started my journey, there was a lot of comparison. I would go into the gym and after a couple of years, I got myself into, you know, pretty good shape. Um, you know, going into most commercial gyms, you know, probably, you know, one of the best physiques in there from like an aesthetics point of view. But I would always be like, yeah, but that guy over there is bigger. I'd always notice the guy that was bigger. Or I'd always look in the fitness magazines and be like, yeah, but I'm not there yet. And I'd kind of like constantly beat myself up. And the irony is that some of the best physiques that I've had looking back, you know, when I was in my mid-20s and I was like, you know, 89, 90 kilos and about 8% body fat, my physique was incredible. But it was actually probably the most insecure that I've been as well. Um, and again, it was just this self-comparison. So I've gotten a lot better at this. Like I, I still fall into the trap every now and then of self-comparison. But most of my time, probably say like 80, 90% of the time, I'm just so focused on my own mission. And as soon as I notice myself like comparing, I'm very quick to just remind myself of like, right, what is it that I'm looking to do? So uh, yeah, just thought I'd share that. So yeah, there are the, the lessons basically to kind of abbreviate in a nutshell. One is I would have hired a coach, would have saved me a lot of time. Two, started to hang around with more like-minded people and just, just, distance myself from people that I knew weren't necessarily serving me. Three, be more patient, like rather than overestimating what I can do over like a week or a month, play the long game and look at it more as like a yearly period. Four, training less, like more isn't always better, you know, getting the right dose is key and actually doing less training and less volume, like less sets and reps basically. Number five is working on my mindset, so building my inner confidence earlier on, so reading books, personal development, um, listening to podcasts, all that kind of stuff. Six, just accepting that setbacks are inevitable. Every single person goes on them. I've had lots over my time, and I would have saved myself a lot of stress had I just realized that there were going to be setbacks, and it's, it's an inevitable part of everybody's journey. Number seven is just understanding the importance of recovery. It's not just push, push, push. If we are pushing, we also need to be able to be able to pull back. So we need to look at sleep, stress management, stuff like stretching, mobility, having breaks, having holidays, potentially stuff like ice baths and that kind of thing. And then the eighth thing is fuck what other people think. Like focus on your journey, focus on what you want, how you want to look and how you want to feel and create that crystal clear vision and just focus on that. Don't let anything else get in the way. So hope you found that episode helpful, guys. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know if you've got any questions. Like I always finish the episode basically saying that I'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love, I love this so much. Like honestly, I could speak on this podcast all day. I could talk about fitness. I could talk about mindset. All the stuff that I share on my podcast is what I'm passionate about. Uh, and I absolutely love it. So if you've got a question or you think, you know what, I just want to speak to Nick about this, please drop me a message. Contact me at nick at lepfitness.co.uk. Contact me, send me a DM on Instagram. I'm so happy to spend some time just helping or giving you a second opinion or pointing in the right direction, knowing that this is potentially helping people. Like, this is why I'm doing the podcast is because if there's one thing that you can take from each episode that's going to help you on your own journey, that's why I'm doing this podcast. So, uh, yeah, hope that comes across in the right way, guys. And uh, I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.